All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Dan is here working in advance of this week's sermon. Yeah, this one's a little different. This one... Uh, You're workshopping. We do, yeah, well, not... I mean, kind of, yeah. I'm working on it. Uh, usually when we do this, this is a sermon that I preach the day before. Right. This is going to be me working on a sermon that I'm going to preach this coming Sunday. But it's connected to a discussion that we had two weeks ago. It is. For those, uh, for those of you that were listening a couple of weeks ago, we talked about discerning a call. Discerning, you know, how you figure out if this thing that's starting to consume your life a little bit or starting to feel like something you should be doing is something you should actually be doing. Is this something, you know, if you're a believer, is this something that God is pushing you to do? Um, And we talked about different ways to go about doing that and and various scriptural references in that. So this week, when I start talking about this passage from the Gospel of Mark, we're going to be talking more about you've discerned that call. The call came. call came. You've recognized that this is, you believe this is. Now what do you do? Right. So we're in this season uh, of epiphany. We're in this season in the liturgical calendar where we're talking about Jesus revealing who he was and his ministry while he was here on earth. And that comes obviously right on the heels of, you know, Advent and then Christmas and the birth and Jesus's incarnation into the world. And now, you know, who's he going to be? What is, what is he doing that is there for us to reference? And specifically in the Gospel of Mark, one of the interesting tensions is Mark is the shortest of the four Gospels, and so it's paced very quickly. Where, you know, Jesus does a thing and then does another thing and then does another thing and then does another thing. Mark likes to get right to he the point. He wants to get right to the point. Yeah. And yet, through that story, Jesus is constantly telling people, don't, don't tell anybody what's going on yet. We're not, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Why? Why is it? As he's slow, why is he holding back the reins on revealing who he is and why he's here? What is it, his call to yeah. be here in, in the flesh? And the reason is that people at that time had an expectation of what the Messiah was going to be. And that wasn't the Messiah Jesus came to be, mm. right? People were expecting another Davidic warrior king, somebody that was going to overthrow the, the Roman government by violence and take control and fight the good fight and put the right people, scare quotes, the right people back on top. That wasn't who Christ came to be. And so he knows if he reveals himself too early, too quickly, People are going to try and make him a king. People are going to try and insert him into the political discussion in the mm. ways he has no business being want, yeah. in, the, in the political discussion. So you have this scene at the close to the end of Mark chapter 1. This is what I'm going to be preaching on this weekend, where he goes to the house of Simon and Andrew, uh, two, of his, two of his apostles. And Simon's mother-in-law is there, Simon Peter. His mother-in-law is there, and she's very sick. And Jesus picks her up, and in that so doing, heals her. Very quick yep. miracle, just boom, picked her up, healed her, and it says it says even in the scripture, and she immediately started serving. She immediately started cooking dinner, right? Yeah, right. That's exactly what. You know, ha- if I healed someone, that's exactly what I. Yeah, make me dinner, right? Yeah. If you're and if you're somebody who's just been healed, what you know? <laughs> I mean, take a nap, right? But, yeah, take you know, a break. She gets up. She no. Right. In the story, so yeah. this word gets out among in, in the town. It was Capernaum. The word gets out, and suddenly everybody who's got an ailment is showing up. 
Sure. And so you, and Jesus starts healing people. Okay. And that's the first thing when we talk about what do you do when the call comes. First thing is to lean into it, right? Jesus performs this miracle healing this woman, and that could have been what form of the proclamation he wanted to take. Right. right? He's here to proclaim the, the arrival of the kingdom. I'm of here. Right. So you can do that by saying it, or you can do that by living it out. Okay. He's choosing early on the living it out portion. All right. And he could have just done that with Peter's mom, right? Here, look at this miracle. This is the kind of thing that can happen in the kingdom of God. But he says, no, that's not, I'm not going to just do that. The people that shows up, he heals person after person after person. It says hyperbolically, the whole city showed up. Well, obviously the whole city didn't show up, but you've been in situations where it feels like the whole city's there, right? And that's what it felt like in this moment. He, but he leans into it. Got it. If you're going to have a call, if you're going to do a thing, don't do it halfway. If this is really a call, if this is really like a big deal part of your life, as scary as it may be, lean in. Okay. Do the darn thing. Don't do it halfway. That's the first portion of what we'll right. see here. But what's interesting is and then scene turns, right? He heals all these people, and it says the next morning he gets up before anybody else and he goes out to a, de- a deserted place or an isolated place, depending on the translation you want to use. And praise. And that's the second thing, is that, yes, lean into it. Give yourself fully over to this thing, and don't forget to rest. That that word that talks about isolated or talks about wilderness Mm -hmm. is the same word when we talk about Jesus going off to the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. It's the same word. So there's not really a wilderness place about Capernaum, so he wasn't going to the same kind of place. But the point of going to the place was the same thing. Because as he's healing all these people, of course, here could come the fame, right? All these right. people show up. Everybody knows who he is. Everybody knows what he's doing. And that could be tempting, right, to take you off. He's not here to be famous. He's not here to be a political leader. That's not, his, that's not the call. That's not what he's trying to do. But that could derail him. Sure, right. right? So what does he do? He goes to the quiet place. He goes to the place, in, in, at least mentally speaking, that where he was tempted before. So it's the idea to rest in order to keep yourself focused on what the call actually yes. is? Yes. yes. To not get caught up in what you're doing. So you lean in. You lean in. You rest you and you focus. You make sure that you rest. You make sure you have yeah. time. You make sure that has, I mean, there's energy level to that course, too, yeah. right? Jesus, I, I like to claim Jesus was an introvert. I think he really truly didn't. You, uh, you, you see might it throughout be projecting. The Are you projecting There's yourself? some projection, absolutely. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not obviously comparing myself. But being an introvert, yeah, I might be projecting. But you do see multiple times in various Gospels yeah. him going off to be alone because he needs that time to recharge. He's a fully human being. He needs right. that time to recharge. So both physical rest and mental focus are a part of it. That's the first two things. The third thing, his disciples then come and find him as he's off praying and resting. And they say, hey, everybody's back in town is still looking for you. And he says, nope, now it's time to go. Now we've got other places we've got to visit. So the third thing is to remember what your call actually is hmm. because those, right. those sidetrack things are going to be there. And look, it would be a good thing if he stayed in Capernaum and just kept healing people, right? People could come from all over Galilee to be healed. Those are, that's a good yeah. thing, right? But it's not why he's here. It's not what the call is. The call is to proclaim you know, the coming of God's kingdom to everybody. And so he's got to travel and he's got to go to different towns and he's got to be you know, present for people in their city, in their place, where they're at in their lives, not just stay in one place and let everybody come to him. Now, most of us, when we're called yeah. to do something, it's not like Jesus was called or it's not like you uh, answered a call. It may be a spiritual call. 
but it may not, right? Or is it always, well, or do you think when it's a call, it's always something? Well, my faith would say that when you really have that major thing in your life, that's a call from God. Yeah. Right? Not everybody shares my faith. I, I Sure. You know, that's kind of half the point of this segment. But what I would say is whatever spirituality you have, there's a Venn diagram of that spiritual life and your practical, pragmatic life. Right. And we tend to try and pull those circuits, circles apart. And my point is, no, those circles need to overlap hmm. actually more. So if someone feels a call, say, like, I feel like, you know, I'm a, I'm a teacher right now yeah. and I'm feeling a call to go to medical school. Sure. Is that, do you, because I think that's how most of us think about getting a call, yeah. right? Yeah. No, and I don't, see, to me. And do you apply that same sort of I thing? I apply the same sort of thing because I don't view, you know, I'm a, I'm a radio producer and I got called to also be a pastor. Yeah. And I'm balancing those two things right now in my life, and maybe yeah. that balance shifts as time goes by. I don't see that as being any different than, you know, you're in one position in your life, and you're being called to try something else. Yeah. Your, your life was headed this way, and you're being called to head this other way. I think, you know, when you discern that correctly, that's, to me, that's coming from God. But it could, you know, however you want to discern it. Right, you want to discern right. It. Well, the, the source is, of it maybe isn't the biggest thing for folks. It's how do the you— The approach is, is, to me, the same. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. I would approach it absolutely the same way. Interesting. It's cool. Yeah. That's the Monday message. The Monday message. Thanks, Dan. Your thoughts always welcome at 651-461-9226. Well, not, not all of yours. <laughs> uh, we'll take a break and do weather and traffic together next here on CCO. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.